0: What's your favorite
1: scary movie?
2: Be afraid Be very
1: afraid see people You're gonna need a bigger boat Here's Johnny The power of Christ compels you The power of Christ compels you Whatever you do,
2: don't fall asleep Welcome to Talking Horror with Jamie and Nikisha
3: Hi, I'm Jamie, and I'm
0: Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie and Nikisha, where we share our love for all things spooky, spooky and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, Welcome. everyone. Sirens, but not too loud because, uh-oh, Gordy's home, so don't look up. Just listen, because we are talking about the 2022 new release movie, Nope. Nope. There's something out here. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. No. 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 No.
1: No. 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 No.
3: Nope. (laughs)
2: Hell No. no.
0: We've been Yay. waiting for this no. day for so long. <laughs> and I'm so excited to hear everybody's thoughts about this movie because it is a lot. We're going to keep it brief, but we're going to talk about all of the things. So, Nope, of course, is written, directed, and produced, co produced by Jordan Peele under his Monkey Paw Productions. It stars Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, Steven Young, Brandon Perea, um, Michael Wincott, Renz Schmidt, and Keith David now obviously there's going to be heavy heavy spoilers we are talking everything nope so if you have not gone to the theater and watched it or might I suggest maybe listening to us getting an interpretation of it before you watch it and then go watch it it might help you to enjoy it a little bit better but that's just me Jamie are there any trigger warnings for this
3: um, there there are some spooky images. Um, there is some unsettling images of uh, animals um, being harmed and harming people. Um, so yes. all, a little bit of everything. Um, there is a lot of blood um, and... Gross blood-related things. Um, yes, <laughs> it's kind of unusual way to describe that. But if you saw this movie, then you know what I'm talking about. Um, exactly. And um, uh, yeah, just like lots of unsettling deaths people people being consumed. Uh, yes, uh, also unsettling.
0: Consumed, very
3: unsettling. Yeah. Yes,
0: and and I love the the blood-related thing. So if you just don't like blood. <laughs> Let's just not. And before we get just into say nope. all of the... Oh, yes. Just say nope. <laughs> Hashtag just say nope. That's what that is. Uh, before we get into all of the things, producer Brian has some words for the group. Um, Brian, would you like to address our listeners?
1: Yes. Um, hey, everybody. Just some housekeeping. Um, uh, don't forget to subscribe to us. Uh, if you are listening for the first time or for many times if you haven't, you can follow us on social media. You know, we have episodes every week, so I want to make sure that you're caught up. There's a lot of stuff coming out this year. There's a ton of stuff coming out. We intend to cover a a large majority of it. So, for obviously, subscribe, follow us at Talk Horror Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, and on TikTok. TikTok is where you can find um, us talking about. Uh, trailers that have just come out like we talked about the Halloween, we reacted to the halloween ends trailer we uh we watched the monsters trailer like all that kind of stuff we also do some other fun things on there so check us out on um on there uh and this is the last episode of season three uh, for talking horror. This is our season finale. I forgot to mention that before we started, but this is our season finale. Um, we're ending with Nope. And then, uh, you won't have to really wait any time at all. We're just going to start with season four immediately, but it just helps me in my organization. And, uh, it helps you in your, uh, Apple podcast feed. Um, uh, so we've got a lot of cool stuff uh, coming up. So follow us all there. Uh, and then go back to our old episodes. We do things like Psycho. We do all the Conjuring movies. We do Midnight Mass. That was really popular. Mm. People enjoyed that one. A lot of people found us that way. So definitely check that out. Um, and then last thing, and I know we'll say it at the end, but um, reviewing us really helps. Um, People find us that way. There are a lot of really good horror podcasts out there, and we want to make sure that uh, people are finding us as well. So, uh, cool. Uh, review us, rate, and review us there. Um, but uh, yeah, I just want to do a little housekeeping up front. Uh, and now let's get into uh, that Jordan Peele film. No.
0: Nope. Yes. That Jordan Peele film. I mean, what a season finale to do this. Yeah. Oh. And Hopefully. because it's our season finale, well not because, but I guess because, we have a special guest with us. And I believe this is the first time we have had this guest on the podcast with us, so we're just rocking him up. But everybody, <laughs> please give a round of applause, but if you're driving, keep your hands on the wheel, for Aaron <laughs> J. Albano. Mm-hmm. Yay. Welcome.
2: <laughs> I'm here. How's it going, everybody?
0: <laughs> Hi. Uh, how are you? Been, yeah. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm. I, I'm very excited to talk about this movie. I'm very excited to. Um. To. I'm not a huge horror film person. Actually, but, yes.
0: What, but when you get, let's get into that because I would okay. love to just point out, and we do ask um our guests this as well, what their relationship to horror is. So, Aaron, continue on in in your journey with. horror. Her.
2: Oh, I hate it. But <laughs> I definitely have gotten into it more because of Nikisha. Um, Woo-hoo! She's the one who forced me to give the genre another shot. Um, Yay. And, she, and and literally when the, this movie... Because I think we watched Us when we were out on tour together. I had watched Get Out, but then we wanted to watch it again. Um, and so you're sort of my gateway into... Giving horror another try was that? Mm-hmm. Oh no, no I, I watched yes. that movie with another one. Um, and so when Nope was announced, I was the one that, which shocked me. I was the one who called <laughs> Nikisha and I was like, "So are we watching this together? Because this is the only way I'm going to watch this if if I watch it with you. So yes. let me know when we're going. And so then, and so then I was like, "All right, let me. I still I still hate it, but I'm." <laughs> <laughs> but i but i can I, I i give it a chance now instead of completely saying nope i will like lowercase nope <laughs> is there a specific
1: the- horror that you just like there there you you will always say nope to something like a specific like sub of horror that you're just like i cannot do this nope no thank
2: you um you you know like like what what really gets me the worst it are are the jump scares. Jump scares really, mm-hmm. like, I don't want it. I don't want it at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. It can be, and, and with gore, second, like second, like a close second, but mm-hmm. it's the jump scares first. And when it's a jump scare plus a gore, I'm like, nope, get, give me away. Give like, <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Give me give
2: me a like a Disney princess movie instead. Like forget it. I gotta get out
0: of here. <laughs> but yeah. you recently also watched, and this is with another colleague of ours, you watched Fresh. Correct? I did watch
2: Fresh. Mm. I did and watch Fresh. That was a lot.
0: yes. Well I'm I'm starting
2: to realize w- with, with the gateway of talking horror with Jamie and Nikisha. And um <laughs> I like I, I can thank you for I using s- the
1: full name. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> While I like still hate it i can I've now realized that I can stomach it like I remember mm-hmm. I think it was early in pandemic. I think we watched ooh, what was that movie that we watched over it was like when Netflix watch party started and it was that that film oh, with the with the, the, table, um, the yes. table the table like, oh, the platform is that what it was called that yes. one, and I mm-hmm. wanted to die, but <laughs> It de- like like talk about like the four S's the shakes that lasted me for like two weeks because I oh was, really yeah I mean like because and it's one of those things I'm like with while listening to you all and then to- and and giving them another shot the ones that really stick with me are the ones that like have some commentary to it or have some like deeper meaning to it which mm-hmm. is not all of them 100 percent not all of all horror is like that. But when it's a quality horror film, I can stomach the horror to get to the deeper levels of it. Sure. And that's why, also why I, like, really love the Jordan Peele movies because, like, despite, like, hating the experience, I then get obsessed (laughs) with it afterward Mm. because I get to, like, really dig deep and, like, really process it Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: become a, I don't know, better human at the end of it. I don't know. But... (laughs) I can I can sort of put up with the death of the horror that I want to dive through, while yeah. but like because it's worth it to get out on the other side and really dive deep into the meanings and the and and the point of the movies, and that's what I love about Absolutely. this genre that I hated initially, <laughs> yes. which I still lowercase hate, <laughs> but I can do it now. <laughs>
0: Just not uppercase. No, I love that. Yeah, just no uppercase. But it's like, it's
2: like a lowercase nope instead of a capital with, with <laughs> like four O's. Got it. Nope, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I, I think horror in general is a genre that lends itself to kind of those type of themes and those like parallels. And we talked about it on the podcast before, but just the idea that if you are um making a movie about something – it's it's indirectly related and it's analogy for it it's a it's a it's a commentary on it versus like a drama which is like kind of dealing directly with whatever that issue is this one especially the jordan peele movies are doing something kind of wild and then but you you're you're seeing the themes and the crazy things if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um like invasion of the body snatchers is about the cold war but like no it's not um you know what i mean like um stuff like that uh you know like like uh what's what's the one we did um the original texas chainsaw massacre like Mm -hmm. it's saying a lot about a certain time period like all those movies all those at least the new one we saw and the old one like they're saying something about like generation differences and like hippies versus not or like yuppies and millennials versus not and like but it's not like it's not an actual movie about like I'm a hippie and I hate you guys. You know, it's not like that. <laughs> right. Really. right. Anyway,
2: sorry. Well, I think. What do they sound I, like? I think no, the, that's the initial- what
1: the bumpkins like- sound like. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: <All right>. Yes. <laughs> when I think like the first few that I watched in my young impressionable life were like Species and like House on Haunted Hill and like mm. stuff that were horror for horror's sake. Sure. And when you re- when you return to it, you're like, okay, this wasn't as scary. And there's nothing to cling to beyond the initial watch, and that's mm. where I'm like, if I don't even if I didn't even like the initial watch, and then there's nothing for me to hang on to afterward, then I hate the genre. I don't know. I, but that, that's,
0: yeah. Well, you just, But then when you, I discover
2: good stuff, then it's different. Right. Mm.
0: Yes, and you just appreciate elevated horror and not just. Gore porn, which I mean, there's so many subgenres totally fair. of horror. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. You know, there are people who like all of it. There are people who only attach themselves to one or the other, and there are people who like all of the silliness of of horror movies. When you get down into the third, fourth, fifth of a Texas Chainsaw, of of Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street, or of a Halloween, and it gets kooky, you know. Like uh, our other friend of the show, I'm going to steal that, Brian, our other uh, friend of the show, Matt, who loves that kind of let's just make it kooky and everything doesn't make sense. And it's just horror for horror's sake. You know, there's a place for that. So we just know now we know that you are on the elevated horror track. So now we can give you more movies to watch.
3: (laughs) Oh, Oh, goodness.
1: goodness.
3: This is your own fault.
1: (laughs) 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 Honestly. (laughs) <laughs> it's also it's also crazy cuz like I did not watch we talked about this on the podcast I did not watch slashers growing up at all mm. only recently you know having moved in with Jamie and like like her sharing her love of the slasher movies with me During the pandemic, did we watch like Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street? I just hadn't seen any of these movies. Mm -hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, all that. And on TikTok, people are like, I can't believe you've never seen it. What do you mean you just saw this movie? And it's like, (laughs) I just grew up in a different subgenre. I grew up watching Animal Attack movies and like Twilight Zone (laughs) thrillers and like, um, you know, monster movies. I really grew up watching more monster movies than anything else. And Slashers was just nothing that never tickled my fancy, but like... I I love the history of them. They're fascinating, but like that's a subgenre that I don't prefer over other ones. But people, there people consider those like the horror movies. Like mm-hmm. like if yeah. if you were making a like Mount Rushmore of horror movie likes like like horror movies, like I feel like most a lot of those slashers faces would be on there, but like Absolutely. you know, you wouldn't necessarily see like. The shark from Jaws on there, even or like mm, right. and then also you're on the line. Like, does Jurassic Park count as a horror movie? Like, you mm. know, things like that. It's an animal it's attack good. movie, really. It just it's it's like an elevated animal attack movie in some ways. <laughs>
3: right. I love that. You <laughs> also, said. the hold that the animal <laughs> attack movies have on you is wild. So, like, yeah. that check is this, not that's not my genre. Check out this uh, yeah.
1: podcast for uh, Idris Elba's Beast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the movie looks so goofy the oh movie looks great
1: and then he punches a lion in the last frame of the trailer Mm-mm.
3: Mm-mm.
0: anyway well, that's, sorry that's not no no but i i love i mean you kind of borderline on parlor talk brian but i'm not going to call it out it won't be that okay, okay. we'll probably get one later on today. okay
1: so uh, to, I, to I, let <laughs> the to let the audience know I know we've talked about parlor talk. It comes from our psycho episode where I want a parlor in my home because I I love parlors now. Um, And so I've created a sound cue for parlor talk. And I let Jamie and Nikisha know that if I ever like ramble on and go on and talk about it, like they can call me out for parlor talk and then I'll put the sound in. (laughs)
0: <laughs> which is it's a great thing so if you're if you guys are listening and you feel like we missed a parlor talk moment please dm us uh, send us a message in any capacity on all of our social media. know. i'm not
1: going list. back and re-editing it <laughs>
0: <laughs> a sensible um, parlor
1: wanna... talk alert
0: right um, i guess I this wanna... was a
1: parlor uh, talk
0: yeah <laughs> oh god <laughs> Now you have to put it in. Come, sit, have a drink. It's talk. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Your Mount Rushmore comment, it just reminded me of an interview with Jordan Peele that I watched, and he was asked if he could assemble like a uh, Marvel-esque team of horror movie mm. people that he would include, Chucky, which I thought was very surprising because I never thought he would be uh, the one to be a fan of that. Night, um, um, Freddy Krueger, of course. There were a few other people, but he said they would all be riding the uh, Tremors animal. Did you watch no. Tremors, Brian?
1: Yeah, mm. I've seen Tremors. Hell yeah. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, which I thought that was fascinating because I wouldn't consider that too much of a horror movie either. That was kind of a thriller. I guess it's
1: but- a horror comedy animal, like, like alien animal, well, attack, animal attack movie yeah. type thing. Yeah, yeah. I would consider yeah. that in the horror genre. I definitely would.
0: Okay, Yeah, but your Mount Rushmore just made me think of that, but they're also yeah, sure. going to be riding on the little Trimmers animal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so fantastic. We have to get started on this because there's so much, but before we get into this, we need a two-minute plot summary of the movie, and I feel like we always designate this to the guest of our show. <laughs>
2: Oh no! One hundred (laughs) percent. Oh no!
0: What's the plot? Oh
3: no, your face! I wish this wasn't just an audio platform because people needed to see Aaron's face.
2: (laughs) The the amount of stress that entered my body right now, it's like (laughs) I was watching the movie all over again. Oh goodness! Okay, I mean, yeah, you don't like horror
1: movies? We're gonna make you relive it right now. (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay. Oh, got goodness. We'll
0: put two minutes on the clock. Oh. We usually spend an hour, uh, sorry, not an hour, wow, a minute and a half well. on just the opening <laughs> scene. <laughs> so oh. you will do fine. Um, Brian will count you in, oh,
2: set gosh. it up for you. It'll be okay. great.
1: Yep. <laughs> two minutes on the clock, ready, set, what's nope about? Go.
2: Okay, so we start the movie with a flashback to a – to the time of uh, to the set of the show called Gordy's, Gordy's home, Gordy's home, where mm-hmm. we we've just seen an entire massacre of the uh, the cast and the audience and everything, and we don't know what happened. Cut to many years later, to where we were at the Haywood Hollywood Horse Ranch. Um, yes. To and and we're watching. Um, the son, Otis Jr., and the father, Otis Sr., training some horses. Um, All of a sudden, and they're having deep conversations about training horses and training horses while they're doing it. All the while, um, all of a sudden, um, items start raining down, and we don't know what they are, but we we all of a sudden find a key. We see a key, and we see... One minute. Oh, goodness. And we see a (laughs) a coin hit... um, uh, Otis Sr.'s head and and kills him. Fast forward six months later the ranch is going is in dire straits. Um, We now have, and so we uh, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh. I got through like (laughs) a third of the movie. Not even. (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) All of a sudden there's a uh, he's selling the horses and to try to like make ends meet and we find out that the horses have been being sacrificed to what we thought was a spaceship, but is actually a a, a a beast that looks like a spaceship. And so, in order to save the ranch, we're gonna get the Oprah shot. And um, <laughs> and all of a sudden. Uh, we we but it starts killing people because it gets upset that it ate a fake horse and then uh, we trick it into eating a fake um, balloon and then Four. all the while they were having a good family moments, One. and then the spaceship dies. Yay! <laughs> Great
0: job.
1: Ah uh, yes, I know what noPA is about now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And that's the plot Oh man that straights was for me High <laughs> straights
0: <stretch>. No it's it's wonderful You covered we a good amount That was yeah. great
2: Um thank you for <laughs> For the credit That is not due to the guest <laughs>
0: No, awesome. So now that we kind of have an idea, there was an alien and it was killing people. Let's talk about our likes and gripes of this movie. And now our likes and gripes. And let's start off with Jamie. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like about Jordan Peele's Nope.
3: Um, I really, really liked this movie. Um, uh, when the credits were rolling, I was like sitting in my seat. My heart was like in my throat. Um, cause it was just so, it was, it was so suspenseful. Um, but I also really liked that it was, that it like leaned more in the sci-fi genre. Um, but still had really solid moments of horror. Um, I, I loved when, um, he's in the in the stable and like the little aliens are coming out but then you find out that it's actually um from uh the uh what's his face jupes uh yeah. whatever that is it, it's like a carnival amusement park I don't fully yeah,
2: something claimed, like something yeah like that. it's like a, it's yeah. like a, like a, like a ranch turned theme park or something
3: yeah like, right um that was a great spooky scene um the part when uh, Kiki is in her house with um with I should use their character names but I forgot all of them. Emerald and Angel mm-hmm. are in the house and um and the spaceship is like right over them and you know just noticing that like the rain wasn't falling on the window panes and it was like silent but then also you could hear the awful sounds that it was making and the sounds of like the people that it ate mm. and it was like it was horrible. And I, I loved it. And again, like my heart was like in my brain, in my butt everywhere that it wasn't supposed (laughs) to be. And I was like dying. Um, uh, Kiki Palmer. I mean, I, I've loved Kiki Palmer. What was that one song that she came out with when she was like 12 or I forget what it was called. Um, but I've loved her for so long and I'm really excited that people are, are really into her now and like really want to see her be successful and it makes me super happy. Um, Oh man. Now I'm just trying to think about what that song. Oh yeah. Um, I am not smart.
1: I Googled it as the producer. I (laughs) did not know that.
3: Um, Wait, she released
2: a song called bottoms up at like 12.
3: Well, I don't know how old she was, but this was in 2007.
2: Was it before or after Akila and the bee?
3: Uh, when did that come out? I don't have time. I I should have gotten timelines.
1: Akilah and the Bee came out in 2006. uh, And Bottoms Up came out in 2007. So she had a big (laughs) two years there.
3: (laughs) Oh my God. But she's so funny. I mean, she like, she's hysterical. She was great in this. I don't know, like, if anybody else has been like, just like following her, just like be silly and goofy everywhere, but she's hysterical. And she, mm-hmm. she was definitely a standout in this. I was, I was like, I wasn't surprised. I was just very excited. Um, obviously Daniel Kaluuya is like incredible, just so much like acting with his eyes and like facial expressions and, you know, super stoic. Um, I, I, there were moments where maybe I was like, I don't know, is he being like too stoic? And I was like, it borderlining on gripe a little bit. Like I wanted mm. more, a little bit more, but also like, you know, he's grieving his, his dad. So like, that's, I think, you know, that's part of why he's acting the way that he's acting. Um, and I'm yeah. taking too long, but also I love Stephen Yeun. I love him so much. Um, he was it's also great. great. That's, that's all I, that's all my, I don't really have that many gripes.
0: Yeah, I was going to say no gripes. Jamie no. Okay, great great. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, let's move on to Brian. Give us your likes and gripes.
1: Sure. I also loved this movie. I thought that it was spectacular. I thought that it was super derivative of other horror movies, but he made it his own, and that was wonderful. I thought that what it was trying to say and how it was trying to say it was fascinating. Um, uh, I I thought the acting was great. Um, my favorite moment in the movie is when Kiki Palmer looks at OJ and is like, see, I told you he'd bring one without electricity. And they just get like so hyped in the moment. Like he finally, yes. like that's the moment he like, kind of like breaks out of his stoic shell and you just like, see how into it he is at that point. And like sh- her energy is infecting him and the group. Like I in goosebumps. That moment really stood out to me because this was about the characters and the relationships, not necessarily about like the flying thing in this guy. Um, I thought that everything that tied into the thematic elements of spectacle, um, of control of all of that. And like of media's presence in our lives without like getting into our, f- the only time they really get into our face with it, obviously is the Gordo stuff. But even more than that, when Steven Yun is talking about, um, SNL and stuff like that. We'll get into that stuff. Mm. But I, I loved all of that. I thought it was super funny. I, the, the humor was there. as was always with Angel and all that stuff. It was actually kind of spooky. When he punches the alien, I cracked. Uh, I was the funniest thing. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. my, my one true gripe about this movie is um, if – because when he comes off of the ranch and he's trying to find his horse and he can see – the you know what that in the at the beginning when his horse runs away and um and it's the first time he sees kind of like the horse being pulled up or whatever it is um like when he sees the um Jupiter's uh, claim like lit up that night um and he's like mm-hmm. what the heck just happened the first time he sees it um you can see that Jupiter's claim was like not that far away from his land. Um, Uh, there's no way that the police wouldn't come to the next door neighbors to see if they saw anything and then see their house covered in blood with things from Jupiter's claim on the house. That's the one, like I let a lot of things slide in this movie just cause, but that's the one thing I was like, if all those media were there, if all the like, like, like there's no way that someone wouldn't have just shown up at that house to be like, Hey, like all these people are missing. Like one, are you still here Two, Did you see anything like, Oh no. But like, the DNA on our house is everybody's, so, like, maybe. Like, you know, like, that was a little – but, like, again, that's totally fine. They set it up that they're in an isolated, like, community area. Totally fine, whatever. Um, but I really enjoyed this movie. Um, and uh, Gordo, Gordy's house or whatever it is uh, – Nikisha, you'll appreciate this because you just watched it. Very BoJack vibes. Very <gasps> – Oh,
0: uh, yes. Person around. Horsing around—that's I didn't even put that together—and yeah. that's even more fantastic. Oh,
1: and the last thing I'll say with my likes, once again, just like the other two Jordan Peele movies, spoiler alerts here, obviously, it it brings me del- great joy that all of our main characters survive. Mm. Yeah. And we can talk yeah. about if we think he survived or not, or if she was just seeing what she wanted to see, like, people view media as. Like, it was that her media happy ending, mm. or is that real? Because he was behind the smoke. It felt like very, like, John Wayne, Searcher's, like, like yeah. Western ending. But, like, regardless, like, they... Uh, They all survived, the three of them. The perception is that they survived, yeah. Yeah, the perception, the the upright, up front perception. So I I dug this movie. I can't wait to dig into it. I dug it. I can't wait to dig into it more with you all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, I'm going to go because that will make me not say so much so that Aaron can go as well. Uh. Um, But I just want to start off by saying that Jordan Peele is ridiculously smart and I get mad because I am not that smart and I don't pick up on the things. And it makes me upset because I want to enjoy his movies to its full capacity. But it takes me having to listen to him talk about it, listen to other people talk about it in order to get and understand it. So all that to say, my first initial impression was confusion and I didn't know how to feel about it. And we were all in our seats when the movie ended. Everyone in the theater, nobody got up. The credits are rolling. But you can tell that everyone was kind of waiting or thinking, is this it? That, there has to be more. We need more answers. <laughs> we need some more things to be happening here. Um, so my initial likes for this movie have nothing to do with the meaning, the metaphors of this, because that was something that was secondary Just watching it off of the top, this was the most beautifully crafted Jordan Peele movie as far as cinematography that I have seen. And I feel like his shots were so immersive. I was literally in the theater thinking to myself, When we talk about in The Conjuring and we talk about how to build tension and we talk about the view of the camera and the first person aspect of that, he did a lot of that more so in this movie than his other ones. And so it makes you feel like you are in the atmosphere experiencing these things in real time with people, as opposed to seeing a ghost that's hiding somewhere, but the main character doesn't see it. But, you know, you know that something is coming. But with this, it was a lot of we're seeing this from the eyes of the main character, so we don't know what's going on either. And that tension building was fantastic on so many levels. I also just love the fact that it wasn't an alien ship, that it was an actual alien. That was the, the twist of, of the year. Um, I also loved the... Now digging into it, and there's a great interview on the Today Show, and he is on the Jupiter's Clam set which is now immortalized in uh, Hollywood on, on the set, which is pretty fantastic. That's his first movie that the set is just gonna be there and people can tour it and stuff. But he does a great interview and he talks about what Brian said, the spectacle of it all, and how we're obsessed with a spectacle and give it so much power. And then we can also use the spectacle to distract us from the truth. And that's the main part of what the movie was about and mostly about how we deal with Hollywood. And I did not get that initially from watching it. But in listening to them, then I was thinking to myself, oh, this is fucking JDS. And then the Bible verse, uh, I will pelt you with filth the alien is pelting with the things. And then you think of like a, a monkey who like pelts you with their feces, you know? I was like, oh my God, this is like, yes, the perfect verse for this. Um, and it also says, I would treat you with contempt and make you a spectacle. And the whole thing is just about um, spectacle. So I all that to say, now that I understand the meaning of it, it's fantastic. I love it about capitalism and what we would do for because of capitalism what we would do because of the world that hollywood has created for us and yeah but i can't get over how well this movie was shot and i will uh end it with that so Aaron, likes and gripes
2: yeah um i i felt the same way you did i mean we were there last night together where we sat there um afterward being like okay wait what what did we just watch and i think. I'll get to that. Like, I think that, gri- like, and gripe isn't really the right word for that because it's a, it's like right. a delayed like, but it's very, it, it in terms of, in comparison to the other movies, and I know we're gonna get there in like a little bit, but like with the other two, I kind of, at the end of it, I like had a deep breath and knew exactly what I had watched and was able to start processing immediately after, versus this one where I was like it took me a long time and we went out to drinks after to talk about it more. And even after the drinks, I like still wasn't sure how -hmm. to start processing the film. Um, again, but that's not a comment on the film. That's comment on like my understanding of the film and how to even begin. And I think that was a little, Never mind. We'll get there in a second. But, um, likes in terms of that or likes, despite that, um, there were some details of the of the film that I really really loved especially scene wise the the scene where daniel Col- oj oj's character yeah. is just sitting in the car like waiting for the for the alien to like fly over and be done it was such a beautiful scene it didn't release the tension because the tension was very much still there but oh, yeah. Uh, was able to like layer on levity onto the existing tension, mm-hmm. which was so great to experience while watching that scene. And it just kept going and just kept going, especially when he like looked up and just like locked the door. And just, yes. like, like it was hysterical. Um, another thing that I really, really love that it's been haunting me is sort of the fact that this was an alien. And so, and so it's, extraterrestrial which means its physics I'm assuming its physics don't like like don't aren't the same as our physics and so when it opened up and like became that almost like jellyfish butterfly thing I was mm. like wait I don't even understand how this is even possible but then I was like oh but it my rules don't apply here so because I'm from right. this planet and that's from someplace else so I'm not meant to know where the stomach is I'm not meant to know how it's eating I'm not meant to know any of that stuff which I thought was a really cool thing like a really cool um like trait of the alien that like it became so beautiful and I was like I don't even understand how this happened um and yeah, and I think, and again, just my my gripe slash delayed like is the fact that I didn't know how to process it because, um, while a- it's it's that aspect of like, if I need to like do more research or just dis- or discuss it or or find out more about it in order to like know what I thought about it. Was it as successful as if I just like knew right off the bat? I'm not sure, mm. and so like and, and so that's I'm still sort of processing the crap out of this movie. I mean, I, we only watched it yesterday, and so I'm still processing right. it. Um, there are a couple rules, like like details about it that I'm like, wait, if that hap- if that was six months ago, and that like there, there's certain timeline issues that I have that I have a little bit of gripe with. Um, but those are minor compared to like the grandness of this movie. Um, ask, yeah,
0: um, ask Brian. He'll probably give you a full through of a timeline. Do you yeah. know he loves What do well? you want to know? Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. my biggest because I was like, wait a second. This is so... what I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So we like we we're safe to assume that space let's call what do we want to call spaceship? Because it's not a spaceship, it's a alien. Jacket. alien the, the oh, Jean, Jean Jacket, Jacket yeah. that was his name. When Jean yeah. Jacket first like dropped things, like yes. to kill Otis Senior, that mm-hmm. was six months ago. Yes, and so we, so it like ate people six months ago. Yes, what like and so a why did no one go and try to find like these or this community that he ate that he she they ate. B so we then after that, it's satiated because it's satiated by one horse every Friday for six months. and that's yeah, so it's cool with it.
1: One of my questions about this movie is why now? like why wh- like why why is it starting now? Why did it leave those six months? Like that's never answered and that's fine. But, um, you know, for all we know, they could have eaten those people towns away and we didn't know that. Um, maybe if we watch it again, there's a news report on the TV that we're not seeing in the background or the radio or something Mm. like that. Um, but yeah, that's what actually in my notes. Okay. So if, if, if they ate some people and they, and the, the thing dropped, um, jean jacket dropped all that stuff on them, killing them, um, you know, is that when he saw the – was that when Jean Jacket saw the horses for the first time? Like why was he – was he hiding in the cloud? Did he come back? We know that he was angered when um, they fed him the fake horse. Like that's yeah. a pinpoint of a time. But I, I mean the the other questions I don't – I actually don't know the answers to in terms of like – I don't think the movie actually pre- presents those answers with us because obviously Steven Young's character was picking up on all of this. Um, and he was like mm-hmm. buying the horses and building this, you know, this stage, you know, this 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 um, this uh, this mini arena, if you will, to like watch on the on, on, the, on the hill and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't I don't totally know that timeline answer of like the, the monster jean jackets timeline. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, that that's my that's my one. That's my one question. Like, why now? what what why is the or does it not matter you know what i mean like it's just there and and that's what we're dealing with so
0: yeah because was he was feeding like for the past 6 months one horse he said but every friday he would feed him a horse
2: which yes. i'm like that's 26 horses time. how did we have that many horses yeah i mean that could <laughs> be I the case
1: like... that that he's keeping him afloat um he's he's not he's not necessarily only buying horses from um from OJ's. OJ, from you from know, OJ. You know so sure. if, if he if Stephen young figured it out was it June right what's his name mm. Ju- uh, Jupiter oh right um so if jupe also I love that it's Jupiter's claim like that like yes. like this extraterrestrial this extraterrestrial's, like claiming this land their own and then mm-hmm. and then really the inciting action for OJ and Emerald is them feeding well, the inciting action is them is him seeing it really um mm-hmm. in terms of that but like you know the the point at which the plot changes is when they feed it the bad horse and it it gets pissed um yeah is my understanding but um yeah i mean i i agree that that uh, i'd have to watch it again to like smooth that out mhm
0: yeah but again, it, it's not something that's so just. It, it's not a plot hole in a sense that gets you out of right. the movie.
2: Yeah, but it's, it's it's the same thing that you guys were talking about with um with us. It's like a detail yeah. that like if you get lost in it, it can ruin the movie for you. So you just don't get lost in it mm-hmm. because right. it's not worth <laughs> it. Because the movie's better than that. But like, yes. yeah, if you start losing losing the trees, wait, if you start losing the forest through the trees. Is that the phrase? Don't doesn't matter. Don't that. don't get
1: lost in the forest. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> don't get lost. Uh-huh. Oh gosh. Does anyone have any other likes and cries before we move on to our next segment? Any um, other comments.
3: Jamie. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you, it's funny because you're pointing, but like I don't know who you're pointing at because all point. the cameras went Great off point.
2: Great point. <laughs> um,
3: the one thing that I forgot about and then remembered while everyone was talking is I love that this is a black horror movie that doesn't feature black exploitation at the heart. Mm -hmm. Like we're not looking at like black people being like brutally murdered and tortured, but it's still like, it's such a moving black horror movie. Like, you know, like I think in comparison, there are some that I have not seen um, because I heard like not so great reviews. So like, I will say I never saw Antebellum. Um, because I heard that it's like incredibly exploitative and it's just like, what's the point of this? And so like i I think that's a, another place where I really appreciate Jordan Peel's eye and like his particular like the storytelling that he is is you know, doing himself and also like producing. It's clear that like that is a big theme and and i I really appreciate that. So that was my other like that I wanted to share yeah Um, it's great go ahead brian
0: i
1: I have one other like if 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 you don't mind um yes i really appreciated a couple things i appreciated the idea that they were direct descendants of the first actor the first man in movies and um just like that they're they, they were forgotten from the business as well um and uh, and and kind of that, and if you in their house is all these old um, movies that were directed by black men, starring black people that are just like erased from the history, and just like you know Hollywood creates whatever narrative they want to, and I that that's deeply infused into this movie, and I appreciated that aspect of things, and and when I was watching the movie, and this is probably the same for for a lot of people the first real indication of what theme they're going with. Cause if Nikishi remembers, I, I was convinced this movie was going to be about gentrification convinced. Yep. <laughs> um, I was wrong. Um, but the second that he said his name was OJ, I was like, Oh, this is about media. This is about how, how people are seen, how minorities are seen, how black people are seen through the lens of media, how media is important. How spectacle is important. Um, the fact that um, um, jupe's Jupe, Joop, I'm sure we'll talk about this with Jamie, but Jupe cannot process his trauma and what happened to him unless he processes it through the lens of the media that portrayed it, the Mad magazine mm. cover. The, as he mm-hmm. explains what happened to him as, an, as the SNL skit and he's like making it fun, he has he has a, he has a literal secret room of his trauma. Like yeah. like it's like wildly symbolic that behind his like big theme park is the underlying trauma. He's a children's star who's been – That watched. he's made into it's, another theme park. Exactly. Like, he's right. he's, yeah. he's He's been a child star who's been watched his whole life and doesn't know what to do outside of that. He's got a new reality show coming up and now he is a child star who's been watched. Creating a situation where they're watching some other spectacle, um, you know, in there. And then the concept Mm. of like, do things exist if you can't see them anymore? Like, like, Mm -hmm. does all of this exist if they never get a picture of it? And will and then on the flip side, will people even believe them because you can Photoshop all that stuff. So the concept that like this thing that needs to be filmed won't be allowed to be filmed when it's mouth and eye looks like the lens of a camera that like that, like big Mm -hmm. thing at the end was just like all amazing. And then the fact that like the only way that it will get you is if you look at it, um, which is like another, just like media spectacle type of thing. And, and, um, it's just like – and then even – this is – I'm stealing this from Jamie. I don't know if she'll remember to say it because she's brilliant. Um, she was like – and even like him sitting in the Best Buy or the wherever he was. I forget the name of it. Something Fry. The fries like, Electronics. Fry's yeah. Electronics. He's like – he's a spectator. He's watching a reality show through their cameras. And then Mm. what's-her-name-from-Euphoria literally asks about, like, are they okay? Like, what happened to them? Like, It's, like, the same thing that you and I talk about when watching RuPaul's Drag Race or something like that. Like, Mm. they just just imprinted that on what's happening here. And that whole through line was just, like, and his inability to, like, get excited. Like, he has the flip phone. He's detached from all of that. But then, like, he gets, like, and then the moment where he decides to like give his life, you know, for his sister is the moment that like they, they, they didn't care about the picture. The the camera man already went up in his, his ambition, his Icarus complex or whatever it is was like, got him. And then the family was like, this is a fast and furious movie. Now, like family is everything we do this for family. And, and then, and then she gets away. And then like, of course, like she's still able to get the shot. And then you have that last moment of like, she got the shot, She's on one side of her is all of the um, all of the um, paparazzi and the cops and all that. We're going to give her exactly what she wants. But on the other side of that, she has her brother to the mist who like represents the opposite that he just wanted to save the farm and his family when it really comes down to it. So it's like she's in that moment where she's caught between those two things. Is her brother real? Is she just seeing him? Did he really give her life? And like, this is the movie that she wants and she wants to see? We don't know. And then the movie ends there. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to sit through the credits because I, 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 I don't know what to do now. Exactly.
0: Exactly, yeah. exactly. Those are all great Chef's Kiff's points. Like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, good good things and even you just talking about that Brian it's like gave me even more of an appreciation especially with the the For real because
2: it's interesting piece. because I guess one more one more grape that I had and as I listen and process and and like about the movie because I remember leaving the movie and being like I couldn't I see all of the the good things that this relationship had I couldn't invest because To me, from the surface, having just watched it two minutes ago, the entire movie was driven by this motivation of getting a picture. Like, it wasn't about, like, saving people's lives. It wasn't about, um, it wasn't about saving people's lives. It wasn't about, like, killing the monster.
1: You can't see this on the podcast, but the second that Aaron said getting a picture, his video cut out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, yes. But, to, but to, so it it was an interesting my expectation was that something the driving motivation would be something more, I don't know, grand. And but the fact that it was still just to get the Oprah shot really, like stopped me from being as invested. Now processing it and now hearing like your t- like, Brian, your take on it and everybody else's take on it. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That's interesting. But as at the time of watching, I was like, but they still want to just succumb to the like the media part of this where they want to get famous. And it was, and, right. and I didn't know how to process that.
0: Because that was the point, and that's why yeah. my brain exploded because <laughs> we had that conversation, and then I watched what Jordan P was talking about, and then it makes absolute sense yeah. because they were so obsessed with the spectacle that it didn't matter about the lives, and that's what the spectacle does to you. That's how people, for the most part, respond to the, the spectacle. They don't care about the individual person, or they don't care about other people. They care about getting their Oprah shot, or getting their 15 minutes of fame, or whatever. Yes, Brian. Also,
1: if I can add, um, loved uh, Disfigured Monkey Face.
0: Disfigured Monkey?
3: Oh, Brian. His childhood crush. Joop's childhood crush.
1: Yes. That was so... Sad, especially having I seen that sad. image in the trailer and then and then having context in that moment was wildly sad. Oh, also something I want to pick, pick uh, talk about when it comes to Gordy's home is in the scene where we finally watch Gordy kind of like lose it with the balloons. If you notice, they open the thing. The first balloon pops um, in the lights and Gordy loses his mind. And then another balloon pops and he stops and he like, he hits the mother or whoever's lying on the floor to see if they're okay. And then a balloon pops again. And then that's when he loses it again on the father or whatever it was. And then it pops again and he's fine. And that's when he wants to give the pound to a young jupe. Um, And then that's when, you know, the, whoever takes him out. So you have this, like, you know, this control, this, like this trigger, if you will, for him. And to me, that is also very similar to the horse when it sees this reflection these are we all are animals these animals are animals we are animals and we all have our triggers you cannot like fully train anything to be one thing things are always changing like animals are animals this thing in the sky you know like it can't be tamed just like you know the horses are running away like like, as much as the dad trained them well and he trained them well, even the whole jean jacket story they talk about, like, 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 things are just going to be those things. And so I think that also is, like, worked into all of this. Like, like, um, OJ's always going to want to do the work. She's always going to want to kind of take shortcuts or at least, like, do the fun version of things. Angel's always going to want to butt his head into things. Um, you know, Jupe is always going to want to, like, somehow, like, like bring, have people look at him and like feed his ego and whatnot. Like, like the, like these people were either um, brought down or rose raised up by the things that cannot be changed about these people. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And since we're we're getting into this, let's get into our segment mm, brains. <laughs> So that we can get into all of the trauma and control and human behavior aspects of things. Mm -hmm. So with that, Brian was talking about just how people are dealing with their trauma. And so with Daniel's character, OJ, we have the trauma of him dealing with his Seeing his father die and not understanding what happened, and he's kind of replaying it in his mind, and he doesn't know and he's not believing what other people are saying because I believe they said that it was something that just fell from an airplane or some kind of aircraft, and that's what the raining of the objects was, and it was just a freak accident, and he doesn't believe that. And then you have everything that happens with Jupe's character and him literally seeing all of his co stars. Die before his eyes but then he's the lone survivor and you know we don't know how he's dealing with the survival guilt of it all but my question is with those two things they're trying to control their situations so like daniel is always has to do the work you know oj he always has to do the work and jupe is trying to control his image with everyone and and wanting everyone to see him so how does control play a part in dealing with trauma jamie and can you just talk about how these characters are are trying to take control of their own trauma
3: yeah i mean it's interesting to to like think about you know in the process of unpacking and and making sense of like a traumatic or se- or like several traumas traumatic experience or experiences like how do people work to feel empowered um because a lot of times like they can feel disempowered after having such an experience. So like, you know, what does it say about, um, about Jupe for wanting to like profit off of an experience that was so traumatizing to him that he can't even talk about it through mm-hmm. his own perspective. Like he can only talk about it where he's like removed from it, but is also like, is also trying, like, in that sense, trying to take control by being like, you know, this thing happened to me, but, like, I'm going to get something from this. Like, I'm going to, I'm, like, it, it, nothing about this situation served me. So, like, how do I take back the power and, like, have it serve me now, if I'm living with this, like there's even that, that part where he's like staring off into space as he's like prepping for that new show. Um, and he's with his wife and it's just like them two. And she's like, you know, how are you feeling? And like kind of checks in with him, but like, you know, how often is he regularly experiencing flashbacks to what happened to him and like continue to, to be impacted by this trauma. So like he's, he's, you know, He's used like the leverage of of him being a child actor and like having access to these things and is using that as a way to take back power over this thing. But like he's clearly still affected by it. Um, And then you have OJ who, you know, very much seems like he doesn't want to participate in like – like he's doing what he has to do. Because he doesn't really have a choice in terms of like the farm and and you know trying to keep it going, but also kind of is is still looking to like sell it and therefore just like kind of remove himself further from all of it and like it, it's more of like this distancing himself, I feel like, and that's that's his way of getting control. Like he seems to still be very invested in in the ranch and the horses, even though those are the very things that like led to like being there in that moment led to his father being killed. Um, and so like, you know, what connection does he like, what pressure does he feel to continue? But also like the connection itself is, is re-traumatizing potentially. And so like, what can he do to distance himself as much as possible from everything from people, from technology, from like literally, I mean, he still has a flip phone, Um, so like, you know, how does he, he's like disconnected, um, from everything. And, and I mean, he did seem again, pretty stoic in the beginning when we see him with his father, but it just seems like he's also now really reliant on his sister to kind of facilitate a lot of things and like, just isn't either isn't ready or just like completely is disinterested in wanting to, you know, take on that role. And so that's, that's kind of what I see is like the ways that they're coping and managing and like trying to take back power is like either just like fully disconnecting from it or fully embracing it, but using it as a way to like still get something out of it.
0: Yeah. I know there's no rhyme or reason to the way that we deal with trauma, but have you found that control is kind of seen a lot with people who deal with this kind of, of, of trauma of, of watching something that happens that they can't, that they didn't have control over. So now they're trying to control everything else about their lives. Is that kind of something that's um, happens a lot?
3: I would say like control, maybe in like a really general vague way. So like, I, okay. you know, recently when we were talking about like trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder, and like what it, what that looks like, um, you know one of the one of the characteristics of PTSD is avoidance like avoiding you know the the place that the trauma happened avoiding people that might remind you of the trauma like mm-hmm. there's that distancing and that way of maintaining like I don't want to think about it I don't want it to like ever cross my mind I'm gonna do whatever I can to like, detach myself from that experience because it brings me great distress and pain. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, you know, we see that with, with, um, with OJ and like, you know, removing himself to whatever abilities that he can. Um, but also like, I mean, there's still, there's still like the the hypersensitivity I would say. Like I think that's more of Jupe and like his, like his experience with the, with the flashbacks and stuff. Um, but like, yeah, I, I think that there's like control is like a, 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 theme and like how that kind of manifests for people and like, how do they ultimately feel like they are taking back control? Whether it is, right. you know, is the, is how Juke is doing it? Like, do we like this? Do we not like this? Like, do we, do we encourage and support him doing this? If that's, how he feels empowered and like that's him mm. taking back control after this like loss of control, seeing seeing this like horrible experience happen um, and like experiencing it himself. Um, so uh, that's that's in, an interesting you know question too. Is like you, it, there's something that feels really icky about it, but if it's right. if it's serving him and like he yes. is like this is helping him in a way, then who are we to say that like, he shouldn't, you know, use his trauma as, as a way to like still gain something.
0: That's what I was going to ask. If you felt that that was a healthy way to cope with that, or if it would have been better if he had a different approach, but you just answered that. So
3: yeah, I think it makes me feel icky, but yeah, but I
0: harming anybody else.
3: Until, you know, the alien happens them all.
0: <laughs> if the alien was not there and he was just, you know, using his media to make money, like, okay. Sure, so
3: yeah, the, that's, yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think it's like, you know, and then the role of the therapist in that is like, I don't think it's our job to to tell people, like, you can't do this or you shouldn't mm. do this. I think it's just evaluating, like, is this helping you or is it hurting yeah. you?
2: Does this serve yeah. you? And like just kind of talking it through. Um because I don't, like, I don't know. It didn't seem like there was a lot of process because he was having those flashbacks over and over and over again for mm-hmm. however many years since that had happened. He was yeah. ju- he was more capitalizing on the experience rather than processing and healing from it. I guess Yeah. One one question that I have because I do think we have We start the movie... Well, after the inciting event, after Otis Sr. dies, um, we see like these three very traumatized people. Otis, OJ, Emerald, and then also Jupe. By the end of the movie, obviously, Jupe is dead, so he didn't get to heal out of his trauma. Did you... But... I feel like it... Is it... Actually, is it? Is it safe to say that by the end of the movie, the other two have healed out of their trauma or on the, and and if so, what made that happen? Was it the killing of the monster? Was it being drawn closer together? What, like, what, what might've caught, like, begun the healing process, if that even makes sense? Like, what would that have been? Or is there even a way to like, find that out or, or, or analyze (laughs) what that would have been.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, if there, if honestly, like there's so many niches for therapy, I'm sure that there could be like, a you know, you survived a a traumatic UFO experience, um, (laughs) you know, like who knows? But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if, well, because I think this goes back to like the spectacle. Like, does this, does them having gotten the Oprah shot, like, supersede the impact on their psyche and mental health? And like, mm. ha- like, you know, does the does whatever is going to come from that help manage like the trauma that they experienced along the way? Mm. I I don't know. Um, I mean for me personally, I would say no, but maybe, maybe it truly like, maybe it's just like such a life-changing thing that, you know, comes after this, that they can afford the best therapist and like that will help them. And like, it's fine. Um, but like, yeah, they just like went through, there was so much that was compartmentalized in order to succeed with this, including risking their own lives. So like, it's yeah. Like how do you justify these things as important, but like as a society, if we've normalized that these are the things that matter, then like, then I think it makes sense that they would pursue that regardless of the trauma that is caused. Um, which is like, I think the point that it's trying to make.
0: For sure. I have a, Semi random question, but not random. That I just thought about <laughs> when you spoke about they just have money and they can, if they get the money, you know, they can get a therapist and blah blah blah.
3: Well, I hope they do,
0: Kiki. Well, yes. <laughs> well, Kiki Palmer Emerald, she mentions that she had a therapist, <laughs> yes. which we're going to place in the bad therapist category because she was sleeping with her therapist. Well, was that or she actually was a
3: therapist? That's what I think it was. Okay.
0: (laughs) So my question is, so we're establishing that it wasn't that she was in therapy and she slept with a therapist. She was sleeping with a therapist. A therapist, But somehow she got some kind of therapy. Nuggets of knowledge. In conversation. Nuggets of knowledge, yes. (laughs) So is it difficult, as someone who is a therapist, to be in a relationship with someone and separate giving them those as Aaron say nuggets of wisdom along the way? Is are you do you feel like you have a handle on separating your work and even with friends? So any kind of relationship, romantic, uh, platonic, do you feel, and just personal question, that it's it's easy for you to draw that line as far as not giving any kind of nuggets, or if somebody says, yeah, I can ask your opinion about this to not, you know, go into a, a therapy session with that person.
3: <laughs> yeah. Brian, ha- am I doing a good job? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I mean, I do like, I, I very much view it. Uh-oh. The doggos also have lots of opinions. Um, <laughs> I, I do feel like, uh, you know, there are definitely like skills and things that you learn when you are, like, learning how to be a therapist, or at least, like, you know, for me, like, learning how to do social work and, and you know, do, like, clinical work. Um, but also, it, it's not, like, I'm not constantly thinking as I'm, like, interacting with people, like, oh, I wonder what kind of diagnosis they have, or, like, what yeah, kinds of sure. things stress them out, or anything like that. Um, I feel like it doesn't, I feel like it very much, like, stays in that place until I'm, like, actually, working and then like drawing on those skills. Um, so I, but that being said, like, you know, I've had conversations with people and it's like, Oh, you know, have you thought about it this way? Or like, you know, that sounds really like analytical, like rational, like whether, whether you feel about this, like whether you actually like feeling, um, which I don't think is necessarily doing therapy on anyone or like, putting therapeutic nuggets out in the world but it's more of just like you know it's it's like embedded in some ways in the way that I communicate and so I think just generally in trying to like elicit information from people especially when it comes to like feelings because I'm a very sensitive you know uh person Mm -hmm. as we've talked about many times, like, you know, Nikisha, my fellow cancer, we are very sensitive creatures. Um, and, and yeah, like, I'm just like a very emotional person. I just like talking about feelings. So, um, so yeah, like I, those things will come out, but like, I wouldn't necessarily say that that's like therapy. I think it's just like connected to communication skills that I've, uh, that, that like are helpful in therapy, but also I think helpful generally in like communicating with people and like conversations. Um, yeah. but yeah, I wouldn't be like, oh, that sounds like your mother is a narcissist. Have you thought about, um, <laughs> like, have you thought about, uh, you know, reading into, um, you know, some of these resources and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like, yeah, I haven't done that. Okay. <laughs> it's
0: just a random question that, you know, because you, th- you think about it, like you said, it's so much embedded in you that I just wanted to know if it, it would come out uh, in, in certain situations. Also, speaking of sensitive people, I just bought the Highly Sensitive Person book. I don't know if you've uh, heard of that, Jamie.
3: I bought it <laughs> and I still, I haven't read it. I've had, I, I will say as like total aside, like mm-hmm. I I've just leaned into like watching my content over the last two years mm, for no fair. particular reasons over, it's like so hard for me to like sit and read anything. Mm. Um, so I, that's like, it also helps to, you know, have all of this horror content to watch and keep up with. Um, and that's That's just like how I've been spending my downtime instead of reading. So I, but I keep buying books, so that's a problem, but I do have (laughs) that book and I've heard that it's really good. Um, and like very helpful. So, Mm. um, I'm One excited for you to probably read it before me and tell me how
0: it is. Uh, absolutely. I'll probably say uh, <laughs> at our next podcast, it will be all the things, How this is in person. <laughs> 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 but another thing on the brains question list that I have, we talk a lot, a lot, a lot about fight, flight, freeze, fawn things. And in this movie, as I was watching it, it seemed, I mean, because of the context of, of the movie, but it seemed like the most that reaction that people had was to freeze. And again, it's because of the context of this monster and how it operates. But just in your own opinion, why do you think that that was the go-to move for, for most of them? Do you feel like it has anything to do with the trauma that they experienced previously? How do you feel about it?
3: Um, I mean... With, like, so we've talked about fight or flight and freeze and fawn and, like, all of those um, responses to some kind of, like, you know, scary, fearful thing that's happening, and, like, the connection to, like, you know, when adrenaline is pumping through our veins and, like, those being the moments that this is happening. So we don't always have control over what that response looks like. Um, I think something. Something that comes up for me is, like, in those moments are, like, biologically, are we assessing a threat and then responding accordingly? So, like, mm. if if a lot of them are freezing, perhaps it is because of this, like, you know, biological predisposition to, like, see, okay, this thing is, like, gigantic and I don't even know what it is and, like, is it trying to, you know – eat me or like what, like in, in not knowing what it is and then slowly realizing like the danger increasing. I think that that kind of lends itself to freezing more because it, you know, that like immediate hit of adrenaline isn't necessarily telling them that they could like fight it, nor is it telling them that they can probably get away because they've also seen it move. So like, they have some information that then like their bodies are reacting in a way that's like, no, no, (laughs) no. Like you can't do any of these other things. So like Mm -hmm, you better mm -hmm. just kind of hold up and like see how things unfold.
0: Yeah. That, that makes sense. I mean, and with the idea of, you know, training the animals and and certain things and lights and movements that could make it go crazy. That would also make sense to why the predisposition would be to just, freeze and wait and assess and and then and then go and see. Uh my last question is for the entire group who whoever wants to uh comment including Ted Will Teddy um, with the Hollywood director and his whole, you know, cryptic got to get the perfect shot or stop chasing the impossible and and all those kinds of things. Do you think that in the world of of spectacles and and that Hollywood is kind of more to quote unquote blame for people feeling like they have to give their lives for the impossible shot or for the, you know, impossible movie or, you know, people who do method acting and, and all those kinds of things. Or do you think it might just be more of an individual kind of case by case, whatever they're dealing with mental trauma wise Um, because with with the director you know he is successful people know who he is he's he's done things but it just seems so I I don't know It, it seemed a little confusing him to just kind of throw away all those things but then again he was kind of very cryptic about you know I want to get this shot but you know don't chase the impossible and then literally kind of his his Hollywood fame consuming him and the alien, like, consuming him. I don't know how um, you feel I,
2: about it. This is more just, like, talking points. <laughs> I feel like it's a thing where... I think that's, that, that's a statement that the movie might be making about Hollywood. But mm. I think there's something to be said about how, just like all media, media just, like exacerbates what already exists in like human nature where we're oh, yeah. drawn to the like we're drawn to like to the the spectacle and that existed in stories like they the stories of monster like from passed down from generation to generation that was like the stories of dragons the stories of giants the stories of whatever those whether true or not have an element of spectacle. Just the fact that we couldn't see it, we were using our imagination. Of this, like tall tale, was still a thing, and so I think that that's an illustration on media in general, rather mm. than just like in, on for like, a, as a as a like admonition of Hollywood. I think that's just an okay. extension of how we are as humans. Mm, Is that mm-hmm. too far? I don't even know that. That
0: no, that makes sense. I mean, in in the sense of it's not just you know when we talk about musical theater world or we talk about Hollywood and acting and how that can kind of you know chew you up and spit you out in ways or create kind of the monster within you. But you're to your point, Erin. You're just saying that it's a, it's just bringing out what's already there. Yeah, the human nature of it aspect, and that's. Mm-hmm. Um, what the What the point of the movie is, so it's not just necessarily this entity that is the problem. I mean it contributes to it and yeah. it awards the chaos and mm-hmm. you know
2: everything uh and it definitely establishes a value system based on yes like what you can see, what you can present the most sensational th- it's where tabloids exist it's where right it's right. It, it's all of these things, but they all have roots in a time before media existed. So it's not the media's Mm. fault per se.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Does anybody else have any questions in our brain section? That's all that I have for this.
2: No,
1: I also think to answer your question, I also think it has to do with the American mindset about work. Um, That's something that I can also go into there. Uh, You know, we don't get like months off or sabbaticals the same way that Europeans do. Um, you know, yeah. we, it's a very much like, you know, what's your side hustle? What do you do for your nine to five? Like, you know, that's a huge part of it. And like, well, I got, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta be number one or I gotta get the shot or I gotta do this. You know, there's that aspect of things, but also as Aaron said, it's, it's also human. Like there are stories about Icarus before, you know, that, that was the media then. And like, you know, there, yeah. it, it, it's just human nature as well. Um, but, but I do think that Hollywood in general, um absolutely influences our expectations like you'd be crazy to think that all these rom-coms don't fuck with your head when you're like dating you know what i mean when like yeah. like, like you know what i mean oh, like wow. <laughs> absolutely like like you think that your life or or friends or how i met your mother or all that stuff 100% like what a bar experience is supposed to be like when you're watching cheers or like you know all i, I these are sitcoms these are these things but like they all influence how we set our own expectations. And I think that Mm. is what Hollywood does too. Like whether or not like, you know, and I think it's up to the individual how much they internalize it and how much they set those points and those checkpoints for themselves, but it's real. But, but so it's, I think it's a combination of everything, but I think deep down it's human nature, but also what is human nature? Human nature is something we've learned about through books, media, plays, like Mm. history books, like you know, like like what is all of that? Like I this is something that comes up a lot and I think about this all the time. The and this is like totally off base, but like the Tulsa Massacre. The fact that Mm. I never heard about the Tulsa Massacre until I saw it in Watchmen. Sure. Is nuts. How did I not learn about that in school? It's because people write these history books and create curriculums and cut certain things out or whatnot. You know what I mean? And like, and, and that's also a part of how we are presented information. It's not just the media, it's the school systems. It's the education system. It's like, Mm -hmm. what pieces am I learning growing up that are going to affect how I think about things, how I empathize with things, how I see things like, you know, like that kind of stuff, like, like yes. if it, because it wasn't tied into a world war like armenian genocide or the holocaust or stuff like that and it's just like well this is kind of like shitty american history so like let's just like stick with like abraham lincoln like freed the slave like you know like yeah. i don't you don't yeah. learn about that other crappy stuff you just like i had to learn about it from um watchman and um uh what was the other one <laughs> ted do you remember Lovecraft, Lovecraft, Country, yeah, yeah, like oh. I and, and then, like, and then you deep dive and you're like, oh, uh, and who's the monster here? Like, is it the school system? Is mm. it me for now? Like, I'm just completely ignorant to it, had no idea. And that's what I think about when I think about like how we media is perceived to us because I think about it education wise, capitalism influences a lot of that. And I feel like a lot of our generation, of like, especially myself, is like, disenchanted by capitalism especially in the past couple of years and stuff like that and like that that has a lot to do with this and and so that's kind of the rabbit hole that i go down when i think about the themes that this movie is also presenting outside of the fact that like that again that black history of movies is is eradicated like when you think right. of Black History movies, like in general, if someone were asked me, like, tell me about the history of Black cinema, I'd probably start with Sidney Poitier. Maybe I'd start with Hattie McDaniel's, but those are parts in white movies. Those are not like that's not like. Sorry, now I'm going on a tangent, but like that that's kind of I'm I'm doing a poor job of tying this all together. The opposite of what Jordan Peele does. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm gonna stop there. That that's I, I'm just putting the food for thought out there.
0: And that's been parlor talk with Brian. <laughs> Come sit, have a drink. It's Parlor Talk. <laughs>
2: oh. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> I mean, let's just take it another, another an- down another rabbit hole. Like the Bible is a form of media. Like, Absolutely, it's uh, that it was curated by a group of men who like. Had a choice of many, many, many books, and became 66 books that we just decided were in the book, and mm-hmm. now take as fact, and now it like runs the world, <laughs> and it's right. and and that's a, that's media, and that we we look that, and so the way we define human history and the way and what you were saying is like it's this like cycle like cycle that media produces. How we understand human nature, but human nature is, it yeah. I don't even I don't even know what's but like but it's his,
0: learned, it's taught. it's yeah. not anything that's innate. It's not what it is. It's yeah. the opposite of of something that's natural. It's not natural. It's been taught to us. <laughs> and
1: history books from this t- history books that feature this time that we're living through now, uh, depending on where they're written or what they're doing, are going to be wildly different. Those chapters are going to be like insanely different and like they make it in the book if they make it in the book one and two who's teaching the book you know like who's filtering that information that you can get raw you know what i mean like like Mm -hmm. like who's writing it then who's teaching it because also your opinion here's another example whether it's a movie or a book or whatever your opinion is also formed and uh, and about around the people that you view that lens through. So if I watch a movie as a kid and I think I like it, but my parents hate it, I'm probably going to have more of a relationship with like how they felt about it because like I see them as like older, more mature. However, I view them mm-hmm. as a kid, I'm going to have that. Like here's an example: my parents showed me Jaws as a young kid. They loved that movie. I loved that movie. If I watched Jaws and they hated it, I would not have the same relationship with that movie. I might discover that I liked it years later. But really – and the same thing goes with like all of that stuff. Who teaches it to you? Who believes it? You have to become more – you have to be confident in your own ability to like decision-making, which is like super hard, um, uh, for you to have like a different opinion on it. So I, I think that all feeds into this as well. It's, it's fascinating. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. There there was a meme that I just saw recently that basically encompasses what we're saying as far as how things are presented to us in media. And it was talking about just American history in general. And it said, this is how people are presenting American history. And it was a picture of Captain America. And then it said, this is how history actually went. And it was Homelander, Homelander. from The boys. yeah, I saw that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think that, that's fantastic oh, like because is, that's that's I what care. it is.
2: <laughs> Wait, was it Captain it's, America or was it Superman? It was super. I think it was Superman. Oh, it was
0: Superman. Thank you. It was yeah. Superman. Mm-hmm. So Superman and Homelander. It's it has completely different things. What actually happened and what we're trying to present happened. Yeah, The Boys um, is so good. Which is interesting. The Boys is fantastic. If you guys don't watch it, watch it, even if you're not a superhero person. But if you love horror, watch it for the gore. First episode, season one, all the Woo! gore you will ever need in your life. Fantastic. Yeah, that's (laughs) episode season three. Or, yeah, or season three. But if you're just getting into it, like you will get the gore at the top season one, episode Mm -hmm. one, 10 minutes in, you're there. (laughs) But aside from that, I think we have to do all of our ratings and Rotten Tomatoes and such. Brian, do you want to start us off? It's the Rotten Tomatoes game.
1: Rotten Tomatoes. What do we all think the Rotten Tomatoes score of this is?
2: We just opened, so I'm going to (laughs) say 86.
0: You took my number.
2: Sorry. I'm
0: going to say
3: 87.
2: Whoa. Uh Jamie? (laughs)
3: I'll just go up one. Let's just keep this trend going. (laughs) so 88 <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: right, this has an 82
2: oh. on Rotten Tomatoes oh,
1: okay. um, the audience score is 71 mm. and uh, admirable for its originality and ambition even when its reach exceeds its grasp Nope adds spectacle to Jordan Peele's growing arsenal
0: Spurgbelian yeah oh, that's a great
1: word
2: uh, can you
0: tell us what the other scores were? I'm sorry, putting you on the spot, just to. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, get out. What did we say? Get out was get out was like a 98 or something like that, um, that and high. then uh, us was like a 93. Mm. I have to look wait, it up, but Spurg- I, that's what I'm.
2: Spielbergian
1: is that Spielbergian? Is that?
2: Spielbergian. I literally was like, oh, wait. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Did I did I say it wrong? <laughs> I think I said it. I
1: wrong. don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, I think that's what it is. Um, I can double check for you all. Um, but um, while I'm checking that, do you want to go into uh, uh, the four S's?
3: Skull, scares, and
1: suggestions.
3: The Talking
0: Horror's four S's. <laughs> yes, the four S's are Talking Horror ranking system. And it is base 1 through 10. For each of the four S's, we have skulls, how well does it deal with human behavior, mental health, scares, how scary was it, and shakes. Will you be able to shake this off or will this movie stick with you for a long time? And the last S, suggestions. What would go in a Walmart 2-pack with this movie? <laughs> if people even remember what Walmart 2-packs are, I just about the fact that we're not even buying DVDs anymore. Okay, I'm old, so Karen, let's start <laughs> off with you, and just give us your skulls, scares and shakes, and then hold off on your suggestions, but give us okay. your
2: rankings for the for My those three skulls. I I, th- I think I'm gonna give it um, a six, just because I, yeah. I have that's an arbitrary number. I don't really know why, but that's what my heart is <laughs> leaning toward. But especially okay. with the conversation about trauma you guys just had, I was like, oh, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> um scares. Um, the big jump scare in this in this movie that really got me was when the um fake horse crashed through the windshield. Mm. I yelled yes. so loud in that like Alamo Drafthouse theater, and, it, <laughs> and that it shocked me. So, for that, for that, sc- for that scream alone, I'll give it like a good seven. Okay. Yes. Shakes. I'll give. I mean, it's a Jordan Peele movie. It has stuck with me since. <coughs> Just in like haunting my memories, so I'll give it like a good eight nine. Nice, Jamie. What about you?
3: Um, for skulls, I am going to give it a seven. Um, because I I feel like it's a lot of what they do is believable. I yeah, I'm pretty like there wasn't really any moment where I was like. Oh, there were a few moments where I was like, if you know at this point that looking at it is bad, why are you looking up at the end of the movie? Mm-hmm. That really bothered me. Um, so <laughs> that's that's why I'm, you know, deducting those three points. Um, yes. For scares, I'm going to give it an 8.5. Like I said, I was, like, very anxious by the end of this movie. Um, mm-hmm. it, it really had some good scary moments not only jump scares but just like tension building moments um and we know how much i love those um and for shakes i'm gonna give it a seven i've been thinking about this movie a lot i'm still processing it um yeah it's it's going to be churning around in my brain for for a bit i believe
0: fantastical brian what about you
1: um I'm going to give this a 7 for skulls. Uh I'm going to give this a s- 6 for scares. Um and I'm going to give this an 8 for uh shakes. I- I'm still processing thinking about it. Um I think I like this better than us. Um I so mm. I think that like it- it's um it's giving me uh yeah, I think I like it better than us. i just think about it more. I, I'm, I'm more excited to see this a second time than I was to see us a second time. Does that make sense? Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So that's what I'm going with. What about you, Nikisha?
0: Skulls, I would give this an eight solely based off of our conversation today about trauma and, and mm-hmm. behavior things. Uh, if Jamie says it's good, then I say it's good. Uh, thumbs this, up. Thumbs up. Scares, definitely for tension building, I would give it a six because of, like I said, his use of sound and all the things to create tension that I talked about earlier. And Shakes, I would also give it an eight because I've been thinking about it, watching all the things about it, and the more that I watch and listen to other people talk about it, the goods and the bads, the more I enjoy it. So... Uh I'll start off with the uh, suggestions and a Spielbergian movie that I will suggest um poltergeist, solely for the purpose of Angel Steven, not Steven, um Brandon uh Perea, his character, Angel, I think is his name. Yeah, Angel. Um mm-hmm. when there's a moment where he says, it's here. And then the poltergeist, they're like, they're here, oh <laughs> so my God. solely for that purpose, I'm gonna uh, up the poltergeist, <laughs> Aaron. Do you have a suggestion? A
2: I feel like I need to forego this com- th- this part because I don't know any other. Oh well, that's things. fair. My literal like other that's one different. would be like what you said right at the beginning of this episode was like Jurassic Park. Is it even a horror movie? Who knows? But it's an animal scare movie, and there's a lot of tension in it. So we'll take that's it. The, Sure. it's it, People will look at it in Walmart and be like, why are those two together? But, you know. Here we are. <laughs> the animals, that's all. <laughs> Jamie?
3: Okie dokie. So, um, one is not, this isn't a horror suggestion, but, like, these are the vibes that I feel like are being channeled by this movie. Mm-hmm. So, I one of my suggestions is Independence Day. <laughs> yeah great. Just like big blockbuster uh aliens yeah. like we're going all in um and yeah, I feel like that's appropriate um and then another one that like is you know a spooky movie um but more i mean also aliens um is signs mm yeah, I've mm-hmm. never watched early that early m night uh we're gonna mala. good stuff.
1: We're gonna have mm-hmm. to do a an M Night Shyamalan <laughs> series because Nikki's just seen none of these things. No, yeah. I am not. I think I think we really? should really? see
3: like I've if, if there's a a new one, like whenever his like next big one comes there out.
1: There is a new one he has coming out. On, the,
2: on, there he is. He has that show on Apple TV Plus.
1: Oh, servant. oh yeah,
3: we servant. never finished <laughs> it. No,
1: we should. That's when we should put back on the on the radar. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, it is. Um... <laughs> Uh, I am going to, um, oh Jamie, was that everything for you? Yes. Cool. Um, I am going to, uh, okay. I'm just going with Jaws because this movie is yeah. just a different version of Jaws. Literally like spoiler alert for Jaws and this movie, like they both like, basically die from compressed air exploding and they have to bring in the expert at things, which is like the mm-hmm. photographer or Quint on the boat. You don't see the monster till the end. Um, you know, like, like, uh, there's trauma and with, with characters and, and, and the trauma influences how they, how they effectively hunt this mm-hmm. thing. Um, it's basically jaws from the sky, uh, in some ways. So, Jaws and Close Encounters if you just want like real good Spielberg Alien.
0: Oh, yeah. I haven't watched that either. It's a great Encounters. movie. Fantastical. Well, I think that wraps up our episode of Nope. You can follow us on all social medias the Instagram, the Twitter, the TikTok, at Talk Horror Pod, P O D. And Brian, where can they listen to us?
1: You can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. What podcatcher do you use? Is it Apple? Is it Stitcher? Is it, I don't know, Spotify? Go on those places and find Talking Horror with Jamie and Nikisha. Download it into your ears and listen to it there. And don't forget to rate and review us. Five stars, please.
0: And thank you. And thank you. Oh, also,
1: Nikisha uh, and Jamie, Mm -hmm. February 3rd, 2023, Knock at the Cabin, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, is described as a home invasion horror film that takes place during the apocalypse, starring Dave Bautista and Rupert Grint, as well as Jonathan Groff is in it, Ben Aldrich, Nikki Amuka Bird, Abby Quinn. That's a good guess. Let's
2: do that one. Ron Weasley's (laughs) in it. Is Ron Weasley the new? Ron, Ron. Ron, Weas- Ron um, Weasley. We can because Ron Weasley's in in in, in servant. servant too, right? Oh
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Oh,
1: maybe at the end of this year, after Halloween and stuff, maybe we do like we did the Scream ones leading up to Scream. Maybe we do an M like we just like pick the best of M Night Shyamalan. Mm.
2: Okay, it'll be the early stuff
1: then. Yeah, it would only be his first <laughs> yeah, three movies. No, no,
2: <laughs> no. We'd
1: have to do the visit for for the one scene that Jamie and I can't watch again, but we will. And um. We'll do some other ones. We can do old. We, we you, can figure it I heard out. I
3: you don't like mess.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Excited. Excited for all of these things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Brian, I think that we should end with the Purple People Eater song. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Mm. Okay, yeah. I can end with the Purple People Eater song, totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's do that. That's.
1: That I used to listen one. to that. Did you, anyone else have, like, Halloween hits, and it had, like, Purple People Eater on it, and, like, um, Bad Mash. Moon Rising and Monster Mash. Yeah, did anyone else have that like CD or cassette tape? Nope.
2: <laughs> no, but I can imagine. I'm sure it's a, a, a playlist on Spotify right now. I'm
1: sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, and thanks for joining us, Aaron. We really appreciate your perspective on Nope.
0: Yes. This was so, so fun. Much for
2: me.
3: You'll be back. Yes.
0: Be we'll see.
2: Time. <laughs> uh, you will.
1: At the very least, you'll come back for uh, the M Night Shyamalan movies I've already seen.
2: <laughs> okay, right. here. perfect. Everything that I've already seen.
1: Yeah. Wait. Do you know, Nikki? I'm boggled by this. Do you know okay. the twists to the M Night Shyamalan movies? No. None of
2: them. I know that's definitely. good. You yeah. haven't even oh seen God. the original, like, like, like Sixth Sense. No,
0: I mean I know. Okay, I know the twist to Six Sense. Oh, okay, but okay, no okay. One that I know. All right, but I still have not watched that movie all the way through.
1: That's wild! Okay. I can't wait for this. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. It's gonna be a good time, guys. Make sure you listen. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> thanks everyone. Bye. All
0: right, thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.